He said, to the extent I desire to move through you, you must allow me to cut on the leader's cut. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the leader's cut. Joined with one of my great friends, Pastor Isaac Gross, our young adults pastor here. And uh, uh, we filmed, you don't know this, but we filmed uh, an episode last night talking about waiting and patience. And as I was pulling away, because mm-hmm. uh, you had said before we started filming, uh, the two things I really feel like uh, the Lord wants us to talk about is patience, waiting, and some fear stuff, because both of our stories involve mm-hmm. uh, the enemy using that. Yeah. And, and we didn't get to any of the fear stuff. It was all on patience and waiting. And I don't know when that's going to air. But as I was driving off last night, I just felt the Holy Spirit say, I want a part two of the conversation and, and I want to talk about fear, not, yeah. not us. So uh, we're going to do the same thing. I'm going to just kick it to Isaac. He's going to be the point guard. Uh, it's fun. This is going to be a fun season of my life to get to watch some of the awesome people in my life play point guard and get to come alongside and play. So I'm going to enjoy wherever you feel like we're supposed to go. Uh, yeah. I'm going to follow your lead. Yeah. Well, this is one of those beautifully uh, exciting conversations because yeah. <laughs> it has been so, and I feel like it's, uh, it has been such a big part of, of my story and you've been so helpful in that. Um, but it also like, there's a lot of stuff that's even been recent, you know, we've had conversations. So um, I think kind of where, where I'd like to start probably is just kind of digging into a little bit of how how fear kind of just from a general sense to kind of ease into it a little bit, how has fear impacted you? Uh, and how did it impact you previously when you were younger before kind of understanding a little bit before perspective kind of grew a little bit, how has fear impacted your life and how has that maybe differed previously versus kind of now how you're walking through it? Yeah. It's, it's a great question that I, that I want to answer here. Here's my gut about this episode. I think God's going to use you even more than me to help them and me mm-hmm. as it relates to this. <laughs> so here's what I want to do. I'll answer your question. Okay. But I want you to give a little bit of background because a lot of people who follow me ha- know my story about fear and how yeah. it, it for two years ruined my life. Mm-hmm. And you kn- you know how I roll. I think the best way to mess with the prince of the air who lingers in darkness the best way to oppose him is with the light yeah so i i just you know whether it's the embarrassing stuff about yelling and screaming when riley's arm was stuck and i was acting like she was gonna die yeah um but here'd be my question for you looking back at the past whenever it started wherever it started how would you say fear has messed with your like life or the enemy has used fear yeah. to mess with you? Oh man. Um, one, I'll, I think I'll say initially the, when I actually became aware of the attack that was kind of coming, uh, I realized it wasn't, I guess I, I kind of always thought that like a lot of the things that I'll deal with from the enemy might be like trickle down effects and I'll be able to stop it before it gets too like overwhelming Out of control. Yeah. And once through your help and through the help of a lot of other people, I started really like it was a full court press that the enemy was putting on. 
Um, and to be honest, I didn't even, I didn't even have the ability to like breathe or begin to see that victory was like possible until I was willing to say I'm afraid mm. or I'm scared. And I think for a, for a long period of time, I thought if I just, if it, there's that like suffering in silence, if I suffer in silence, uh, I didn't think it would be as obvious to everybody else that I was doing it as it was. Um, and it, I mean, there's a, there's a handful of years there where it, it attempted to steal. I mean, it just flat out, I think in, in some cases now, obviously the Lord is redeeming some of that, but it stole time, I think is one of the biggest things. It stole time. It stole moments, um, with family. It stole opportunities of growth, even in my life that, um, God wanted to do right now, but I wasn't even able to do it or see it because I was so overwhelmed and didn't even honestly think deep down I probably knew, but I didn't necessarily like identify what it actually was. And I think in, I think one of the things, and I think I've told you this, one of the things that I, I realized after what I didn't realize how easy and how, um, prominently I had made fear an idol almost in my life where, I mean, I got to a point where I was, there were times I obviously now on this side of it, that I was looking for fear behind every rock and nook and cranny more than I was looking for the hand of the Lord in my life. And that hurts to say, it hurts to like realize. And then you look back and like, man, it was so, it was right there. And I didn't even, I didn't even know, I, I couldn't see. I, I had no vision. I had no ability to see, couldn't even see the thing that God, where God had put me. I mean, it, it blinded and stole and whole bunch of, whole bunch of stuff. I mean, if we go back to when we were young, the scariest place to be is in the dark. Remember, oh, yeah. like that's that's where we'd get messed with. We'd have a bad dream, or mm -hmm. you know, three years old. There's a monster under my bed. There's something, principally, I think, in that that the enemy he loves to pick on us using the dark. Yeah. So when you say I couldn't see, well, neither could I. I couldn't even see that I couldn't see. Right. Because you're in that thick of darkness. Yeah. Like if you're a pilot and you get up into the clouds and you had no instruments, you don't know where you are. You, you, you don't know where the horizon is. Right. You could be in a, a 40 degree right bank and think you're in a 20 degree left bank because you're completely disoriented. Right. Pilots call it the soup. It's so thick. You, you have zero spatial awareness. Wow. This is what the enemy does with us in fear. He, he brings such a dark cloud of heaviness yeah and i totally understand what you're saying that you know some might be thinking fear became an idol i don't understand how could how could something bad become an idol because you get so comfortable constantly trying to put fear to rest in other words mm -hmm. this might happen oh so then i'm going to do this this and this so that it doesn't happen right that's right. how it becomes an idol yeah where, where we just play to it yeah to try and make ourselves feel safe mm-hmm when what we learn is nothing works. Right. Well, and it's like that thing, like the more I say not to do it, the more I do it. Yeah. And I think one of the, one of the things I realized is like, I, I stared too long at fear mm. too many times. And what it is like, what you stare at, you submit to. And I began to like, even submit my life, my feelings, like everything was submitted almost to this fear more than 
even to the Lord at, at different times. And it was, yeah, it's, it's paralyzing, it's crippling. And, um, it's extremely easy then to just, for it to just seep into every area because it, it usually starts in an area. What I've noticed, at least in my life, if you're started in one area, but did not, did not take no for an answer yeah, it's in unrelenting. any other area of my mm-hmm. life. And the longer I allowed it to stay, the more ground it took up. And I mean, we even had meetings where it was like not um, aggressive in the best possible way of saying, hey, like you've got to nip this in the butt. Like you, this has got to, and you, I need you to see this. Once you see it, then we can be empowered to do something about to deal, it, deal with it, mm-hmm. do something about it. Um, but for so long, I I couldn't. And I, and I hope to be able to continue to see that, you know, um, but it was, it snuck up on me big time. And I didn't know that I would ever have to, because I always said, I'm not an anxious person, not a worrisome person. And I was, I just, ne- <laughs> I just never wanted to say it. And so it just led into more and more and more and more. So let's help people who might be struggling with fear. Because we know not just anxiousness, anxiety is a thing in our day. Yeah. I mean, if, if we were to do a quick study on how much is spent annually in cash and via insurance on anti-anxiety medication. Yeah. It's it's a thing. Yeah. Let's help some people break free from a spirit of fear. I think the first step is being able to identify the moment it started. Mm-hmm. The root of it. I mean, the exact second yeah. that I allowed fear to walk in. So for me, it started randomly one day when I just felt the enemy say, if you say yes to the call on your life, mm-hmm. what I do to you will make what I did to Job look like child's play. I will take you down yeah, and everyone you love will go with you. I didn't tell anyone, but I took the bait and bought the lie. Mm-hmm. Because my thought was, that's a scary voice. He's more powerful than me. Yeah. And so I believed what he said. Mm-hmm. So for you, do you were you able to identify this was the exact moment? Mm-hmm. Not not just the root of it, how, why, you know, to me the root is why it was able to happen. Yeah. But were you able to identify this is exactly when it started? Yeah, I um my my first answer would be, I mean, it was a handful of years ago when Audie got sick would be my first, first answer. Um, but that's when it, that's when it like gut punched me the most. Yeah. Only to realize that it had, it had creeped in been during that first year and a half of marriage when, when we were, uh, stepped out thinking that we were doing what God asked us to do. And we moved middle of California and we, Audie and I were living long distance for that first year and a half. And there was a lot of a lot of loneliness that was there. Um, and I remember some of the circumstances that took place when we were there, when I realized that I could get burnt by people, um, job and leaders I trusted uh, and people I trusted. And I realized how out of control I was in my own life um, and realized some of the things that I had never gotten that I really wish that I had gotten. And so it turned into, 
I have to do this. I have to figure it out. I've got to make this happen. Put my head down and just grind and work really, really hard. And you'll, you'll be able to do it. And the second that I made that agreement that I was going to just put my head down and not worry about not, I'm put my head, I'm going to, I'm going to control everything that I possibly can control. Uh, I stopped allowing him to lift my head up and began staring at things I was never supposed to stare at. And the darkness just continued to set and set and set. And then it was what, three and a half years ago now when Adi got sick, that it all just came and like, didn't even realize that it was all there. But I had, cause I had duct taped a lot of things really, really well of, I've got this, you know, I, I'm not gonna, but I'll figure it out. And all it was, was a false sense of bravado covering up fears that I had of like, how do I tell my wife, I don't know what the best financial decision is here. How do I, how do I say, I don't know and I'm scared and I don't know where, I don't know what we're supposed to do next. Or even when we moved here, I remember telling Audie, like, this is where, this is where we're supposed to go. But deep down, I'm like, I, I think, but how do I tell my wife that we just lived long distance? Now I really feel like, but I don't, I don't know. Like she had never moved away from family and I couldn't even, like, I was scared to even do that of say, Hey, I don't, I don't know, but I, like, let's trust God anyways. Um, so I think it was then, and it just continued to build and build and build because I didn't deal with it, didn't draw attention to it, didn't bring anybody into it. And why do you think we, and I think this is all of us that our immediate instinct when we're gripped with fear is to try and control everything. Why do you think that we reach for that? Cause I think we, I think we would like to say that we're, I think we'd like to say we're doing better than we are. Um, I think we care so much about the way that we are, the way that we act with one another, the way that we present ourselves to other people. Um, but I think we, it is, it is almost impossible for us at times to say, I don't know. And I, I might be wrong and we don't want to be looked at as a failure. Um, and so we scramble to try to hold on to anything and everything because the fact, the fact that I might not have anything to hold on to terrifies me. In fact, that's actually the place that we, that we're to try to run to get to where I'm not holding on to anything and everything is in his hands. Um, I don't know. How would you, how would you answer that? I think it's part of the enemy's play. Um, because when I'm in control, that means I'm not submitted to God. Yeah. And so I think that's part of what he's after, you know, Preston, you're the only one that can do anything about this. If you don't do something, bad things are going to happen. And so you just, you, you think you have to be the hero, but it's really just control. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think when, when we're not in a healthy place, safety, the safest place seems like the place where I'm in the most control. Yeah. That's one of the ways we know we're not healthy. Yeah. When the safest place in our mind is the place where we're in the most control. That's actually the most dangerous place. Yeah. 
But when we're being bombarded by a spirit of fear, everything's upside down. Mm-hmm. And so you think, oh, no, 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 that's the, that, that's the safest place. I just need to be in control. Right. And so we fight. We fight to micromanage every detail of our lives. The lie I believed was that there was something I could do to keep bad, bad things happening from the people I love. So I think, you know, the first step is where did this start? The second thing is what was I so afraid of or real time? What am I so afraid of? Okay. So for me, I was deathly afraid when he said, this is going to cost you your family, cost Job his family. It's going to cost you yours. Well, that's, that's the way you mess with me. Like yeah. the, the way to get at me isn't to come at me. It's the ones I love. Mm-hmm. And so when I felt, I heard him say, here, here I can tell you how, how all this can go away. Yeah. Don't say yes. Don't push the gas on your calling. Wow. And, and so I, controlling things, was like, oh, okay. I'm not going to tell anybody this. Right. I'm just going to, you know, I was already in a season of anonymity anyways. No one's even, even going to be able to tell, but in my heart, I'll know. Right. And the enemy will know I'm not hitting the gas and everything will be fine. Just think <laughs> about the agreement I was making. Yeah. This is why it's so dangerous not to bring other people in because when we make agreements with the enemy, sometimes we, we just need insight from the outside to say, do you realize, Preston, you, you've made an alliance. Right. Yeah. With the devil. That as long as you don't hit the gas in your calling, your family will be safe. Preston. Right. He's a liar. Right. <laughs> like th- that's not how it works. But I think the enemy tries to isolate us. Yeah. You know, but we have to be aware. What was I or what am I most afraid of? Yeah. So for you, what what were the biggest things he was using to get at you? What what was your biggest fear? Yeah. I think um so then, um, then I, again, part of this part of this is is rooted in a lot of the insecurities that I was dealing with at the time as well that I've had to like allow because initially part of part of the biggest fear is uh, what if I'm not who everybody thought that I was and it was mine started out very me focused mm. and it was very much what if I can't handle you know could people prophesy over you or people say this or say that and what if I what if I screw it all up? Mm. What if I, what if I do something that makes me lose my family? Mm. What if I can't handle what this was? That, so that's how that's how it initially started, which led to me then. All right, well, I'll just be able to handle it then. I'll just work at handling it better, so then I can handle this thing that I feel like God's asked me to do, or this calling, or whatever. Um, and as I as I did battle through a lot of those insecurities, then I realized I can't handle any of this. And again, it just led to me trying to cover up more and more and more because I don't want the people closest to me to know. Because then, what if they don't stick around? Right. What if I do lose them? Because ultimately, they're what the Lord and them are, are what matters to me most. I just thought that I'm probably going to be the one to screw this up. So I need to. Isn't it amazing how sinister the enemy is? That he will take something good and from God mm-hmm. and twist it and turn it into a noose. Oh, ruthless. Ruthless. That, that he would literally. And here's, we forget, 
you know, we talked about this in the last episode you and I did together, that when we're younger, what we hear the Lord saying is the call is big. Well, of mm-hmm. course it's big. It's God-sized because God's the one that gives it. Yeah. It's not big because we're awesome. But the second reason every call of God on every one of his children is so big is it's supposed to be big enough that we can't do it by ourselves. Right. So literally, it's like the enemy goes, you can't do that. Well, that's true. Right. I can't do it. But somehow he twists it into your whole life's going to come crashing now because you can't do this. Yeah. When if I just go, yeah, 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 by myself, I can't do it. Like, I'm not going to agree with you. Mm -hmm. I'll correct you and say, by myself, I can't do it. But we together, we're going to be fine. I like my chances, yeah. me and God, but it gets us so focused on us. Yeah. And bro, when we're me, 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 the easiest time to take me out is when I'm me, 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 me. Yeah. The hardest time to take me out is when I'm him, 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 him. Yeah. That's when the psalmist says, I lift up my eyes to the hills because that's that's where my help comes. That's, like that's, that's everything. And that, that was for me that, because I remember telling you this, and you looked at me and I could tell like that was the wrong thing to say right when I said it. I said, I just, I'm gonna put my head down and I'm gonna work hard. And that's, and immediately I could tell that wasn't the right thing. And it wasn't about work ethic. Right. It was about the focus. It was about the attention that I was mm-hmm. giving. It was about ultimately who and what I was submitting to. And again, had to step back and had to bring, because one of the things you said is, is people, and we've talked about this, it's not just that there were people, it's the right people. Because some people, you might bring people in and all they do is compound the problem right. and double down uh, and right. they become they become an equally as great voice in yeah, your life complicit. as the enemy is. They're complicit like, with the okay, enemy. I'm trying not to make an agreement, but you're agreeing with him. Y'all are teaming so up I'm, on me. <laughs> now, now I'm outnumbered and I'm not big enough for this. Right. And And that's one of the things that, I have been so grateful with at this stage of my life here. And it's been hard because you can't like, it doesn't, it doesn't feel good all the time. It hurts, but it hurts in the best ways. Um, I thought I had people in my life then. And, uh, and again, it's it's about proximity, you know, because you have some great people for for sure. sure. But the people that were closest to me at the time um, weren't voices that were calling out the voices that were not true and highlighting the ones that were. Nobody came up and said, Isaac, chin up, right? look up. Look up to where your help comes from. You're gonna be okay. He's with you. I, I didn't have that. It was, hey, just put your head down, work hard. And right. my focus was off. And that, that's what I mean by like idolizing is, mm-hmm. I, that's what I stared at the most. And it, it became next to impossible for me, or so it seemed, to see what other, to see what other, opportunities or possibilities were out there with the Lord. Uh, cause I was so focused, so focused on that. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, the put your head down thing, another way of saying what we're doing when we do that, I can get us out of this. Mm-hmm. And another way to say that is I can part the Red Sea. Wow. So when I have that, I just gotta put my head down. I just gotta double down, go even harder. I just wonder if the Lord's like, I'll tell you now, that's not going to work. Yeah. It's, that, that's not the key out of this, Preston. Wow. You can't part the sea. You can't make the darkness flee. Yeah. You can flee from the enemy, but you can't make it flee. Only the light can do that. Wow. 
But if I, I just put my head down, I just keep cracking at it, you know, and that's what I did. So I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell Tim or Holly for two years. Wow. Two or Robert. Didn't tell the three of them. And those are the people, my brothers and those people. I they if anybody's gonna know, it's them. None of them knew. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they could see, but none of them knew. Yeah. Because I, mine was the same mentality. I will fight and fight and I'll get us out of this. And it's a lot more obvious to the people around us that for we're sure. not right than we think. And well, we think we're doing it. And, and it's for anyone standing in the light, it's always to see always easy to see when someone's standing in the darkness. Wow. Yeah. That's why, to your point, it's important to have friends who bring the light in. Yeah. To have family that brings the light in rather than compound the darkness. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that I uh one of the things that I've recently been thinking about related to fears is what I didn't realize was that it was just as simple uh as as simply and as easy I I feel like it was to dive down this this darkness it's just as easy to just turn the light on like mm-hmm. oh like i i didn't realize how how accessible it's that easy the light was mm-hmm. that it was right there the whole time within arm's reach at and all times again it, it seemed cuz even even okay now then i become aware of this fear that i have and then it becomes all right well now what do i need to do then to not be fearful and then it's like okay i'm going to pray this through okay well that then maybe for a while, okay, I'm going to bring, and we just start trying to do a ton of stuff. And it goes back to that work, working for God or working with God that you're talking about. You're like, God, I am going to solve my fear problem for you. And that never has worked ever. And, and so that's one of the things that, that then continued to just kind of elongate that process uh, for me too, is okay, now I'm going to, and it ha- I had to get rid of the habits that I had built right. up of hiding. Oh, there's some strong of, ones. Like I didn't realize the, the depth of the habits that I had formed in my life related to fear that caused me to stay stuck. And, and I'm curious, I'm curious for you, what, how did you ultimately, so talking about overcoming for a little bit, mm-hmm. what, what did that process look like for you? Um, cause I mean, obviously we took it not necessarily like tomorrow mm-hmm. I'm done. Great. I have, you know, um, what was that process look like for you? What were some of the the most key components to that. Well, I think you've already said it. I, I So here's the picture. Go back to we're three or four years old. We're having terrible tremor-inducing nightmares mm-hmm. to the point that at nighttime, and we're not telling anyone because we're embarrassed to tell them what we think they'll look down on us, but we're just four years old. Yeah. But we're afraid to tell our parents. We're afraid to tell our siblings. And we're so afraid and we've made so real that which is not real. Mm-hmm. Fear takes something that might happen and turns it into a feeling as though it is happening. Wow. That's how powerful a spirit of fear can be. Yeah. So here's the picture. Four-year-old little boy, little girl in her room, in his room. Tremor-inducing nightmares. Hasn't told anybody. And it is... The fear has created such a real situation that the child doesn't even want to get out of the bed to turn the light on. It's pitch black. Yeah. No, no night light, no clock light, no light at all. So you can't see what is real and what is not. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that will make it all go away is you get out of bed and you flip the light on. Mm-hmm. But because fear creates such a tangible mm-hmm. atmospheric environment, what does the child do? The child doesn't get out of bed. 
So they stay scared. Mm-hmm. So what do we do? What must we do? Flip the light on. Well, what does that mean? What does it look like? First, call on the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Literally. Maxon had a nightmare last night. Last night or two nights ago. In the middle of the night. And this never happens. He comes into our room and slept in our bed. He didn't even turn the light on. He bypassed the light. <laughs> right. Okay? That- so for me, turning the light on is calling on the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's step one. Just think about it. If, if Maxon's laying in bed, four years old, has a tremor-inducing nightmare, and he calls my name, what am I going to do? You're going to get up and go. I'm going to get up and go in there. Yep. I'm going to turn the lights on. I'm going to let him see it's mm-hmm. not real. If I have to, I'm going to lay in his bed with him and make sure, hey, yeah. until you're good, I'm not leaving. And if I have to sleep here all night, I'm fine. So flip the light on, call in the name of the Lord. But second, bring others with the light into the room. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that was the biggest thing, other than being honest with the Lord. And the way I, in my mind, proved to the Lord I was really being honest is I humbled myself and told others. Yeah. So it wasn't just, Lord, I'm really struggling with this. He knew. Yeah. It was, Preston, will you humble yourself and say, I need help? Mm -hmm. So I told Tim, I told Ollie, I told Robert. And that, that, of course, like you said, it didn't end it overnight. Right. But buddy, 75% of the fight was over. Yeah. And here's why. Because I brought in three. It went from one to four. Right. 75% of the fight was taken care of. Yeah. I remember Tim's response. He, he got pissed. He got so pissed when I told him, if I have to step out of ministry, I'm going to. Wow. He got so yeah. pissed. And this is when I was telling him, I'm being literally controlled by a spirit of fear right now. And I haven't told anyone. It's been going on for two years. Wow. And he said, what are you thinking about doing? What is it causing you to think about doing? Mm-hmm. You want to hurt yourself? I said, no. The number one thought is I'm going to get out of ministry. Wow. Because I can make it all stop. He got so pissed. Yeah. Not at me. At our common enemy. Yeah. Well, once he started fighting, I, it was the first time in two years that I felt an exhale. Yeah. Emotionally. Isn't that interesting how like the people close to you, like they'll get more angry at this, they'll, they'll beat you to it. And I think that's one of the things that I learned from even you is I walked in, I didn't even think certain things were, I mean, I knew they were a problem. I didn't know to what extent. And then you, you begin to dive into it with somebody and then you're like, okay, you're twice as angry at this than I am. Is that, and I think that's, that's, that's what where, love does. That's where that strength comes from. That that's love what love does is it shows up and shows you, Hey, uh, I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight with you against this as you build up your strength. But that's why the enemy sends that lie, tries to get us to buy the lie. If you tell anyone, Mm -hmm. Preston, they're going to be very disappointed in you. They're going to be embarrassed by you. You can't tell Robert. You can't tell, you can't tell your closest friends. They're not going to respect you. Like, of course that's what he says to us because he knows if I get anyone involved, this fight is over, right? This fight is over. Because once I involved them, I had their strength to fight, but then I had their accountability to keep the doors closed. Yeah. So when I would say something, Timmy would go, 
no, 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 uh, uh, uh. Yeah. No, no, that's not how God talks. Mm-hmm. When I would say something and Holly would go, baby, that's not true. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't just get their strength. I got their accountability because like you said, when we walk with a, a demonic spirit for too long, when we allow ourselves to be under their influence, that's mm-hmm. probably the best theological way to say it. Habits are created. Yeah. And when we walk together with something like that, scripture says, how can two walk together unless they're in agreement? The very fact that I was walking with the spirit of fear for two years shows I had made an agreement. Right. Yeah. So we bring others in and it makes it a lot easier yeah. to fight, but also change the habits I had while I was walking in agreement with the spirit of fear. Yeah. And I think it helps us. It helps us see the the magnitude of the of the problem because that was early on for me. I didn't realize. I I never equated. This is this is a spirit trying to control me. I just thought oh, I was a little afraid here, and granted, I I let it go for years, right? And so it just it became even more controlling in my life, um, blinding in my life in a lot of things. But I guess. Sometimes it's we uh, if we saw kind of obviously hindsight's always twenty twenty right. If I knew that it was this big of an issue, I would have I would have liked to say I would have attacked it a lot with a lot more fervor and ferocity. So one of the things, one of the questions that I have is how how does somebody know? Are there warning signs? Maybe even on this side of it that you might see that somebody might be able to say. I want, I think this is maybe in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, are there, mm-hmm. how does somebody sure. know, become aware and enlightened to hold on a second? This might be something in my life. How would you? Yeah. One of the things I would say that is, is a, an immediate tell when God blesses you with something and there's no joy and no peace, then I think you can say that's, I'm dealing with a spirit of fear. Yeah. Because if he gives me something good or does something good on my behalf and there's not an ounce of joy yeah, and there's no peace whatsoever, it's almost like a burden wow. rather than a blessing. I would dig in that dirt of your heart and go, hey, is this, are, are you battling the spirit of fear? Because when a father gives his child a wonderful blessing, right. celebration is meant to occur. So what is keeping you? from being able to celebrate. Well, for me, every good thing, every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. The problem is when dealing with a spirit of fear, big blessings feel like big burdens. Mm-hmm. It's just one more thing I'm gonna lose. Yeah, and you don't make rational decisions then either. There's, there's nothing, nothing like rational in the soup at all. There's nothing rational that happens in the spiritual soup of life. Yeah. You can't see straight. Everything's upside down. Yeah, that's, yeah, that was, abundantly i mean how much peace did you have oh no i mean uh i mean remember sitting outside of that hospital yeah no it was i didn't have any um i didn't i didn't have any i remember even one of the things you told me is just even talking about my posture in facing what i was i didn't i didn't even know that that for me even one of the ways that i even began just initially began to start fighting against the spirit of fear it was just standing up. Yeah. I didn't realize you I I will always remember it cuz I remember the only thing the only thing that I brought to the hospital was I 
we had like our stuff that I brought immediately that Adi needed. Uh, and I brought my Bible and I don't, I don't know how I'm going to be here. And I brought gummy bears because gummy bears are like my, boy. They're, they're my, uh, uh, I just need to chew on something. And, uh, I remember I was holding my Bible and Adi was in a, she was in a procedure trying to determine even what the extent I'd already been there a day and they're still trying to determine to what extent this, this is, I remember on the phone with you trying to figure out how I'm going to get family in here to watch Soraya. And you said, Isaac, like you can't stop anything. You can't stop the waves of life from coming, but you can determine how you're going to face them. Are we going to stand up or are we going to lay down? And the interesting thing in both cases, the waves are going to be just as tall as they are, but that wave that seems like it is overwhelming you is knee height. If you just stand up. Right. And, and part of that then took me even to, even the Psalms where he says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Like I'm going to stand up. There's more my help comes from. I will trust you. I'm going to trust you in this. And that was just mm-hmm. even the, the posture, the personal confidence, just to run to him, not even to do anything, but just personal confidence to say, I'm sick and tired of this. This isn't, this is too far. I'm done. I will stand up. You know, I, I guess I never realized how much posture could shift in environment until then. When your head is down, the shallow waters look deep. Oh, yeah. But when your head lifts up, the deepest of waters compared to his height is just shallow. Yeah. And that's why the revelation of I lift my head up. Because everything that seems so big now seems really, really small. Because mm-hmm. my help comes from right up there, those extremely, eternally tall hills. Yeah. It doesn't mean it doesn't matter. No. Either. It doesn't mean the situation doesn't matter. It just means I now realize. I think this is what Isaiah says when he said, uh, Lord says, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Like, it's so powerful. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not sending anybody to do this right. work. I, will, I myself, I myself, will uphold you with my righteous right hand. It just puts things in perspective. To be like, okay, got it. And that's what I mean. Even said today, like God, you are for me. You are on my side. I need you. You know. And again, that's the light is right there. Sometimes it's just a matter of picking your head up mm-hmm. and opening your eyes to see. Oh, he's right there, and he's so big. And that was, I will hold on to that, that moment forever. I even still have, I have that statement written on a card, uh, that is the, um, when I went into surgery, they, they gave me like a card with a number on it. Uh, that was like her patient number or whatever that they were going to text me. And I have that card and that statement in the verse, like it's in my Bible now in, in Psalm, just to remember, Hey, like even this, even this, like there's nothing. Okay, we got through this, got it. And I remember too then, even a couple of years later, because I thought, okay, cool, we're good. Like we got out of this, she got out of the hospital. Like, and then you, you get some wind behind you, you know, and then sure enough, a year later, two years later, you know, uh, Camila goes to the hospital. And that was, you know, when, you're, when your kid is then there. And I remember laying in the drop body off, She's with Camila. She ended up having a couple of seizures. And 
to the hospital. I remember coming home and laying in a bed with Soraya and uh, knowing not what else I should, I had no clue what I'm supposed to do. No clue what I'm supposed to say. I literally just said, Soraya, it's going to be okay. And I began to tell her the story of Audie in the hospital. Like we're laying in the bed and I'm like, God, later on, I'm like, why are you going to use a four-year-old to, but he's using a four-year-old to say, Hey, they're not coming home today, but let me tell you, let me tell you about what God did before. And it's going to be okay. Like he's going to take care of them. And it was, it was then, I think it was, it was about a year ago where I was like, okay, I see now, mm-hmm. like I, I, I truly see. It doesn't mean I'm not going to battle or being afraid in the in the future. Um, but he's we've stacked some wins, and I've right. I've seen. It'll just be a flare up. Flare ups don't have to be fallouts. And I remember just even even in scripture, those these these stones will be. You will tell children will look at these and they will better say, believe it. What is this? Mm-hmm. Hey, let me tell you a story, my man. And. I think just holding on to those. So that's why, like, do I have to hold on to the card in my Bible? No, I know. It's a I memorial story, stone, though. But it it will be something that one day, one day Soraya will open my Bible and say, <laughs> hey, what's this? I'm going to say, hey, sit mm. down. Let me tell you, let me remind you. You were too young. But this is, this is why we do things this way now. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's been a, it's been a journey. And I think that's a, so here's a, here's a question that I'd ask you. Maybe I don't want you to ask the question right now. I want to say something. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been more proud of you than I am right now in this very second. And here's why, because I remember back then how hard you were trying to hide it. Yeah. And what you're going to see in this and in this season of life, and for the rest of your life. Isaac, in God's family, the fastest way to help is to share the story of our pain. Da, da, da. Mm -hmm. The problem I faced was simply a stage for the power of God to put on a display. Yeah. And this is, this is our life. Mm-hmm. This is our life. There's no hiding. There's no dark corners. Mm-hmm. This is it. And this is how we come alongside people we love. This is what being a hero is. Mm-hmm. This is the daddy Soraya will look up to her whole life. It was never the daddy who hid his fear. Right. It's the daddy who conquered a spirit of fear, holding his God's hand. Yeah. Question my butt. <laughs> Buddy, I, I, I'm so, I'm just inwardly celebrating this moment as one who navigated two years of it. Yeah. And Isaac, here's the deal. You know, somebody might be asking the question, why do you think God allows us to go through such scary and hard things. Yeah. You're not going to like this answer personally. <laughs> it's because down the road, 
there are lots of really big things mm-hmm. because of the call of God in your life. The specified call of God in your life is going to demand you to do some really big things that are going to require some really big faith. Mm-hmm. And what you learned in the most difficult wrestling match of your life so far is that you and God mm-hmm. are going to make it through. Yeah. And it's you're exactly right. It's stacking the wins so that when I move to the front line of battle, mm-hmm. I don't even, like, it, it's just a flare-up. Yeah. Like, do, do I ever a little something here? And there? Yeah, Riley's hip surgery, a little, a little flare-up. But the peace of God, I learned how to let the peace of God rule and reign in my heart. Why do you think that God goes on record and says, let me help you understand something. Here's how I feel about fear. I cast it all out. Yeah. And I don't think he says, perfect love, cast out all fear. Right. I don't think it's a whisper at bedtime. I think it's a shout from the mountaintop. I hate what fear does to the ones I love. Mm-hmm. So I don't just not tolerate it. I cast it out. Preston, Isaac, I need you to feel the same way about fear that yeah. I do. Because yeah. fear will take you out. And we're seeing it all over the earth today. Yeah. A spirit of fear trying to take people out. Mm-hmm. And God goes, no, here is your strategy. You're going to run with me? I need you to feel about fear the way I do. Mm-hmm. That when you hear someone you love tell a story about a spirit of fear picking on them, you get more angry than they do. Yeah. Yeah, draw attention to it. Until, until you can hear him clearly, you're not going to be able to see it, it, it clearly. And until I could hear like that tone, because if you read that, ah, oh, perfect, I cast off here. If you read it like that, like that's, that's what you're going to take into that. And until you hear the strength in his voice. He was shouting it. Then you're like, okay, that's, that's the community that you bring around you, that Tim or you in my life, like, Oh, maybe I'm not looking at this how I need to look at this. And then you go back and, oh, he really doesn't like this. Okay, I'm going to change the way that I'm seeing this then. And, and the marching orders are different. Totally different. Once you see it, because that now, once I see it, now I'm responsible to it. Now, okay, I see you. I think one of the reasons God gets so angry at fear, and I don't mean the emotion of fear. I mean, the spirit of fear. Right. Is because, go back to the four-year-old. Every child of God has the father laying next to them right. in that bed. Mm-hmm. David, Psalm 139, said, even when I awaken, you're still standing there over me. Mm-hmm. Like, you, 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 you didn't ref- take a break. You refuse yeah. to leave my side. I mean, just get that picture. Yeah. David, a grown man, a warrior, mm-hmm. one of the best Israel ever had says, here's the picture I have of my father. He stands watch over my bed all night long. Mm -hmm. Another reason why I think God gets so angry at the spirit of fear is because it robs us of our awareness of his presence. Fear gets us so fixated on what could be going on in the room, what might be going on in the room, that we forget what's actually going on in the room. The God of the universe is with me. He is with me, watching over me. He is my rear guard, and he goes before me. He stands over my bed, and he personally watches over me, and he protects me 
Like he protects his own eyes. The confidence for the psalmist to say in that same thing. So what could mere mortals or another church, what could flesh possibly do? Because I've seen him. I've seen him. So it, that's in, in a way, it's a, hey, whatever you got. I've seen him and that's all that matters. Eyes locked. I've seen, what could you possibly bring at me? Because he's on my side. He's for me. But if you don't know that, right. you can never make that statement. The enemy doesn't have all power. That's why he threatens. God has all power. Mm. And God, God doesn't threaten. He delivers. Mm. Not one of his words returns void. Yeah. The enemy threatens. Most of his words, unless I'm complicit, yeah. almost all of his words return void. Yeah. How do we know? He's the father of all lies. That's why he threatens. But what sense, and I'm not saying this at anyone, what sense does it make for me to get so fixated on fear that I forget my father is standing over my bed? And wow. if you're battling a spirit of fear right now, can I please just say to you, number one, you're not weak. Mm -hmm. You are not weak. The very reason your enemy is picking on you using fear is because yeah. he is scared to death of you holding the hand of the God of the universe. So it, this is not because you're weak. This is because you're a target. Mm -hmm. And it's also because God's going to use this to teach you about his power and his faithfulness and his obsessive love for you. But the enemy's trying to isolate you, get you away from the father. But I'm telling you right now, the God of the universe stands over your bed. He stands over you every moment of every day. And he is more bothered by everything coming at you than you or anyone who loves you ever could be or will be. Here's why. He is your daddy. He is your daddy. And you don't have to live with this fear. You just got to stop agreeing with it. Wow. And the only way to break the agreement with a spirit of fear is to double down on agreeing with the one, the only one who casts out all fear. Sleep well tonight. He stands over your bed. Isaac, if I would have remembered that, yeah, I'd have slept better through that two-year run. <laughs> yeah. But bro, I forgot because I fell asleep every night worrying about what he might take while I was sleeping. Yeah. But someone needed to tell me, and they finally did once I involved him. He stands over your bed. Yeah. You are not alone. The one who has all power in heaven and on earth mm -hmm. is with you. He's not just on your side. Doesn't mean everything's going to go perfectly. Right. But it does mean I don't have to be afraid no matter what happens. So as for me and my house, I, I am not making an agreement with fear. Yeah. No, nope, that was a, that's what we've decided. And that's why you keep the memorial stone. Yeah, hold on to it. I mean, every once in a while I'll flip through and it'll fall out and go put it back and just 
now it's now it's sweet to look at it and i never i hated everything about that experience I hated everything about it but how i look at it now is like some of the sweetest moments that i've had with the lord were during those times and after those times and when i psalm 31 put every single thing in his hand every time in his hand not just get all of them this better in your hand than it is in mine and choosing to trust you and but until until i was now it's like a race to see where where is there any shadow whatsoever i'm putting light there because that's what started to produce any victory you know for me to let see any victory in my life is just turn it on and he can't even just turn it on and again doesn't mean you're not going to go through difficult times doesn't mean that i'm not have moments of of being afraid but i'm not enslaved to it not crippled by it i'm not crippled by it i'm not blinded Mm -hmm. but in fact it it in a lot of ways now directs me okay hold on a second i'm supposed to be seeing something right Mm -hmm. now and it causes me to oh, i'm gonna what's in the well that i'm what's in the well he's trying to keep me from Bro, seeing. this is why it's divine bragging for god to say i will turn what my enemy meant for evil for my good and yours yeah that is divine bragging oh for sure that he would take something that blinded you and cause it use it to give you better eyesight going into this season of your life than you yeah. ever would have had that's gangster yeah because you can see it in your eyes you see clearly again it doesn't mean we're not going to take a shot every once in a while right we're going to take a hit every once in a while but that a hit doesn't lead to the fetal position right right the way it did back then mm-hmm. it, it, it just kind of bounces off and you immediately look up yeah i remember one of the things one of the things about that moment the hospital that night i remember i i can't one time i counted it i don't remember the number now but i think i made 80 something for it was 2 30 in the morning saray was sleeping in the room and i remember the paramedics breaking through the door to come in and i made i, I couldn't leave and by god's grace soraya did not wake up despite sirens people breaking in all of it made like 80 something i remember i called you like a dozen times in the middle of the night (laughs) such an idiot dead asleep i I was looking up everybody's voice everybody's number and and i I say that because now i didn't have anybody in my favorites list before then (laughs) but now i know now i know who my not not because they answered at that moment yeah but now i know now i got okay cool i see this coming here's a moment i know who i'm calling this is who I fight with. Here are the people I'm calling. And I didn't, Woo! I think before then, I didn't know I needed people on standby. Now I'm like, hey, Son. if you just be on standby all the time, like you're always, your shift is on. <laughs> and just know I'm going to, I'm going to call you. And it's, it's created some of like the beauty, the most beautiful relationships and even conversations. And it doesn't mean I've got to talk to them every day. Right. No. But nothing strengthens but know, a hey, relationship more. Than when you commit to fight with one another. Yeah. Nothing strengthens a relationship. Hard things, hard fights, 
commitment to fight. These things strengthen the yeah. depth of a relationship. Because this is war, and war isn't easy. Yeah, you said that a lot. I, I didn't. How you don't see it as war. Like you have to you have to almost choose in the day in the day we live in, you have to choose to not realize that this is a war, I think, in in a lot of ways. Cause it it's everywhere. It's getting darker and more obvious simultaneously. And, and if you don't see it as a war, what will you then do? If you don't think you're in battle, you'll never fight. Yeah. That's why the enemy tries to go. You'll never this even come war. prepared for the fight. That's right. This isn't war. Preston's dumb. Robert's the one that taught me. Robert got it from scripture and I'm sure from his mentors. We don't battle against flesh and blood. In other words, mm -hmm. Preston, just because you can't see it doesn't mean. I mean, go, go all the way back to Daniel, 21 days. Mm -hmm. God gave him the answer on the first day. Took 21 days in the unseen realm mm -hmm. to fight it out, to be able to deliver the answer. Yeah. Bro, this is war. And the good news is we don't have to get riled up by it and ratchet up. And, right. and we definitely don't need to be afraid. Because like you said, scripture is clear. If God is for us, who would we ever spend time talking about that might be against us? Yeah. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. But if I don't understand it's war, then I'll never even show up prepared for the fight. Right. That's why when we go through things like this, it just helps to go. Someone's picking on you. I mean, you remember me saying that to you. Someone yeah. is picking on you. This isn't a you thing. This is not a weakness thing. This is not you're in a bad place thing. Someone is picking on you. Right. Because the enemy would love for you to over-personalize. Absolutely. Your battles. And that's, I mean, that's the, that's one of the biggest temptations that we have, no matter what we go through, is to over-personalize it. And, oh, this is because I did something wrong. It's because I made a mistake. It's because I'm not doing X, Y, Z, or it's, it's because me, me, and it's, in one, in one sense, there's an element of that, but ultimately it's not what I think it is. Yeah. And he would love for you to make it all about you and not look at the one. That's right. It's easiest to take me out when I'm just thinking about me. I'll figure this out. Yeah. Because he knows the second I lock arms with the ones I love, the ones that love me, and the God who obsessively eternally loves me. It's a, it's game, set, and match. That's why having people, like you were such a huge help because you had, and it's, and again, it's, it's just even more realizing, Lord, this is one of the major reasons you, because you knew that I was going to go, you knew I needed someone who has been through this, been there, done that, seen that. Um, because what I couldn't see, you were able to see fairly easily and call it out and your persistence in continuing to call it out for me until I saw it so that we could was huge. And I think that's why like having telling the right people and involving the right people in your life, again, having them on standby, even just saying, I don't even know, but I think fear might be, I think it might, do you, do you see anything? Do you see any areas? I remember one of the questions you asked me right when I first, if the enemy was going to take you out, how would he do it? And I used to think, oh, it'd be through this, that. Never realized that that fear was it. And he tried. And it worked for a little while. But it wasn't permanent. And 
like having those people that can that can see clearly for you when you can't see clearly are are some of the greatest blessings and gifts that God could possibly give you. How could we navigate this life without and it, Isaac? He uh, he obviously sees more clearly than anyone, but he gives us these gifts. And when we won't just turn the light on and let somebody in, even say, I don't, I don't know, but maybe you do. Maybe you can help me see, is this, um, if we don't, it, it just is going to, it allows the darkness to just kind of continue to grow, go deeper into that hole. And then you, ha- then you get to these moments where it has to be this, cl- you know, you're scratching and clawing to get out and, but it doesn't always have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. You can, you guys are walking in victory in those areas right now just by picking up the phone, texting somebody, calling somebody, hey, I think this is kind of poking up. Will you help me, help me see this when I can't? One of the fastest ways to stop the advancement of the enemy is to immediately be honest about what I'm thinking and feeling with someone I trust. Yeah. That's turning the lights on. Happened to me last night after the service. Uh, one of one of my friends in the church, he's like, hey, this, I had said, hey, how's it going? And he's, he's a very real guy. And he said, I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> this, I'm, I'm, I'm in a fight. And it's amazing how just 15, 20 minutes of being honest about what I'm feeling and what I think I'm seeing when we say it out loud. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just turning the lights on helps us to go, wait a minute. That part isn't even true. Yeah. But when we try and do it all by ourselves, the easiest way to drown is alone. Mm-hmm. And, and what I learned going through it, I'll never do that again. Oh, for sure. I might have struggles. I might have times, seasons where the enemy tries to come at me and bombard me. But what I won't do is I won't go through anything ever again by myself. Yeah. I made that commitment, not just to the Lord, to myself. Yeah. I learned how awesome it was. It it was over so fast in comparison to the two years I battled and suffered. It was over so fast in comparison. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I had the strength of God and the strength of others. I think that's what David's saying when he, the psalmist is saying when he said, I will. He's not, it's not this like spiritual jargon he's throwing out there. Like, I'm going to name it. I'm not going to do it. It's, it's, it's just continuing to recommit. This will not be how I live my life. I'm committing in front of you. I will trust you. And I didn't, I didn't realize that for like years, I was basically holding my breath. Like can't, just right. can't even, and then in just talking about it, just the exhale and the peace of God that you can even begin to experience just by exhaling, by talking about right. it with somebody else. <laughs> this is old King James version, but uh, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How can I be transformed by the renewing of my mind if I'm never honest about what's going on in my mind? Wow. Like we make it this massively <laughs> right. spiritual thing. Yeah. No, no, no. A stronghold comes yeah. from a thought I believe that I turn into the truth. Yeah. That's the beginnings of a stronghold. How can my mind yeah. 
not be conformed to the patterns of thinking in this world, but be renewed. If I'm never honest mm -hmm. with the people God strategically put in my life to help fight with me. Yeah. I'm just going to fight it alone. Yeah. So I've got to be, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. As I've gotten older, I've gotten more comfortable just being honest and saying, this is where I'm at. And I don't say it to everybody, only with those I trust. But I'm not leaving this in my mind yeah. to fight by myself. Yeah. And I think for somebody listening, saying like, what does victory then look like if fear is like, okay, maybe I've conquered an element, but I'm going to be afraid again in the future. I think victory just looks like consistent, sustained honesty with the people around you. Like, how, how do I, I'm victory? How do I, recognize or how do i even begin to believe that i might have victory in this area i'm i'm almost i'm willing to cry wolf <laughs> right. and and be wrong and then be like right. hey no man you're okay you're you're good actually hey you're okay that's not that's not that okay great i just wanted to make sure that this isn't just consistent honesty i just want to let you in on this having those people uh, because you will face it but it's i'm not doing it the same way that i've done it before and so for somebody to say, what is it? So then what does victory look like if I still might be afraid in the future? Walking open, as Tim would say, honest, open and transparent as often as possible mm -hmm. to the right people. I'd rather cry wolf and smash the egg of the snake in my mind before it turns into a snake than let the egg <laughs> incubate in my heart and in my mind going, oh, wow, it's just, I just speak around wolf. It's, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. If I feel like there's Don't an wait. egg Don't in wait. my head that the snake tried to implant yeah. and incubate in my mind, I'm going to call it out. Don't wait. Had this thought the other day. Just say it. I don't care. I don't care if I look stupid and look like I'm crying wolf. Right. It's wisdom to attack it before it becomes anything. Yeah. But if you just want to look like a hero all the time, you'll lie about what's actually in your head. That's why it's hard for people to be honest. But I'm telling you, you can't overcome fear without being honest about what's scaring you. Yeah. Even if it's a tiny little baby egg thought. Yeah. Proverbs, this verse, Proverbs 29 says, fear of a man, fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord will be kept safe. Mm. I mean, if that's, not an indication of what my life was like while I was walking. It proved to be a snare every single day around every corner. It, it proved itself time and time again. And the cool thing is the Lord proved himself more. And, but it happened because I was willing to invite other people in. Yeah. And he will keep me safe. Why don't you pray uh, to end our time together why don't you pray especially over those who might be where you are and i were mm -hmm. at the darkest depth of the cave why don't you pray over them as a brother and as one who's navigated it and seen the faithfulness and power of the lord mm -hmm in, through, and because of. 
Why don't you just pray over him? Yeah. God, I thank you for your consistent presence in each and every one of our lives. God, we pray right now for every person battling the spirit of fear. God, we ask for an overwhelming sense of peace to come over their life. God, as they realize that you, with your right hand, are the lifter of their head. God, I pray for a tangible understanding that you are sitting right next to them by their bed every single day of their life. God, I pray that your consistency to be present would be on full display for every single person right now. We come against the spirit of fear in Jesus' name. So you have no place, you have no power, you have no authority. You are only here because we didn't notice that you got in, but now we know. But we know that there is one who is greater. God, I just lift up every single person right now listening to you and ask that your voice would be heard. God, that the that clarity of your character and your nature and your presence would come into every room, every home, every car. God, that your tangible presence would be felt in a way that has never been felt before, that once and for all proves that you are greater than everything, every spirit, every lie, every trial that we might face. God, would you comfort them in this time? God, we pray for the strength that only you give to invite others in. God, I pray that you would even highlight the gifts that you've surrounded so many who are struggling with this spirit of fear right now. Highlight the gifts that you've placed in their life for such a time as this. God, that they, through your Holy Spirit, might be strengthened, might find just enough courage and strength to turn the light on by saying, here's what I'm thinking, here's what I'm going through, here's what I'm feeling, I need help. And God, I pray that you would prove yourself to be faithful once again, as you have done so, so many times, to bring peace, to bring comfort, and ultimately to bring victory in this area. God, we thank you for your presence that transforms. We thank you that where you are, darkness cannot be. So I pray we'd realize that you are right there. And as we do, that we would sense a fresh breath of air that we've been longing for, for a very long time. Thank you for your goodness, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen, bro. <laughs> I love it. I love this. This is my life. This, I, I, I think this is one of the most fun ones so far for me. Just, just getting to watch you do you. And God anoint you to do it. And we're never stronger than when we're being honest and vulnerable. No. And it's not an easy thing, but it's a very extravagant gift to give. Yeah. 
the most expensive lessons you have learned through the most excruciating battles you've survived always end up being some of the most extravagant gifts you will ever be able to give. Mm. And today you did. Yeah. And it's a pretty cool thing to watch. I love you and I love you. This is just <laughs> special to me. And for those of you who made it all the way to the end of the episode to get in on that prayer, I received that prayer. Uh, I'm all about this. We love you so much. And if you're, if you're battling a spirit of fear, don't do it alone. Bring others in. Bring others in. Flip the lights on. The light of life is never more than an ar within arm's reach. At any time, he is always that near. I don't even have to stretch. But I do have to call in the name of the Lord. You do have to call in the name of the Lord. And you do have to bring others, his children, in who bring the light in with them. Don't do what we did for too long. Don't fight this alone. The only path forward is to bring God in, to let God be God, and to let God use the ones he strategically placed in your life to fight with you. So if you're battling fear, go fight and get others you love whom God's given you. Get them to fight with you. We love you. Can't wait to see you next week. God bless you.